Hey everybody, what's up? It's your girl Tiffany E. And on behalf of Alexis and Nicole, we'd like to welcome you back to our show. So this week we had a couple of things happen. I decided to split this episode, these episodes up into individual episodes. That way you guys can kind of listen to what you want instead of being stuck in one massive episode. So in this episode that you're listening to, this was our review and our take on WWE's Extreme Rules, which happened last Sunday and we gave you a full synopsis of the entire show from start to finish and how we felt about it it wasn't the greatest um, pay-per-view and it definitely was the worst pay-per-view of the year Um, but you'll hear everything and how we feel about it in the podcast so hope you guys enjoy and we'll see you guys in there Welcome back to Down for the Count, ladies and gents. I am one-third of your host, Tiffany E. And as always, I have Alexis and Nicole with me. Say hi, ladies. Hi. Hi. Okay, so we got a lot to talk about and a short amount of time to do it in, so we're going to move quick. We got two pay-per-views to cover. We need to cover Extreme Rules and Slammiversary. Uh, Let's start with the one that was the worst, which was Extreme Rules. Um. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this. There weren't there weren't a lot of bad matches. The matches themselves were fine, but Extreme Rules was the worst pay per view of this year, and it seems to be a growing trend with WWE that Extreme Rules and TLC are horrible. <clears throat> I. I don't understand what exactly they were trying to do with Extreme Rules, but for the most part, they started off okay. They had a good match with Owens and Murphy. They moved into the first match of the night, which was a tables match with um, the New Day and the Artist Collective, which is Cesaro and Shinsuke. Such Shizaro. a weird fucking tag team name. Like, we came up with that. Stop putting Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro into tag teams. <sighs> that, to their credit, just... they were a part of the team with um, Sami Zayn. They were all on a in a little group faction together, and they were called the Artist Collective. So, you know, whatever. Um, that actually was not a bad match. It was It was good. Um, Shinsuke and um, Cesaro are the new tag team champions and I don't know how many times Cesaro has been tag team champion was this number 7 or number 6 uh, I, I don't know I've lost count to be honest with you but that, that was the only gripe on that because everyone was saying that it was a it was a great match and they really wanted to see all, you know it was a lot of people were very positive toward that match because mm-hmm. first off it's New Day and then you know you have Cesaro and Shinsuke but the only thing negative I saw people talking about that online was the fact that you know you have Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro who have should have been champions like solo champions a thousand times over by now uh, being tag champs especially Cesaro like people were you know um, I forgot who it was, but one guy made a comment that Cesaro has been there for almost 10 years, and, and the only goal he's ever gotten is a tag title, and that's that's horrible. 
has been U.S. champion. But he's been U.S. champion. Mm-hmm. He's been U.S. champion. I mean, it took Kobe 15 years to get one world title. And people yeah. shit on that, too. Yeah, but I'll, I'm not shitting on that. But it's like also Kofi has been U.S. champ. He's been IC champ. He's been tag champ. He's been, you know, he's been every mid-card, mid, I don't want to say lower to mid, but he's been every single title holder before he became, you know, a uh, a world champ. And I'm not saying that, you know, was it too long for him to be, to be WWE champ? Yes, it fucking was. But in, like, Cesaro's case, like, he should have been at least IC champion by now. He should have had a steady run with a solo title. And it's like, but the same thing with Nakamura. His his title runs that he had were so short. I'm just like, then what the fuck was the purpose of giving him the fucking belt in the first place? In regards to Shinsuke, I agree. Um... When it comes to Cesaro, sometimes Cesaro's situation is a special case. Usually, when the IC title is vacant, Cesaro is in some type of tag team. Whenever it's being competed for, he's either off TV or in some type of tag team. He was in the bar for a while. And then, before that, he was, you know, pretty much, you know, a singles competitor. And then he was in that, um... That thing with Seamus and Rusev, I think it was him, Seamus, Rusev, him and somebody else. And then before that, he was a singles competitor. He had the U.S. Championship once, I think it was, once or twice. And he was mm-hmm. in a tag team with Tyson Kidd. So I'm not saying that that's not true, that he doesn't deserve the opportunity or at least deserve to have one title run. Because I feel like He's earned at least one one title run. If you can give one to gender, you could definitely give it to to Cesaro. Like, that's not asking too much. No. I I I just don't know. I I, I just think it's I, I, like I'm not trying to harp on it too much, but you know the whole like wrestling fans in general, even people who. Are, People who I've seen who don't even watch WWE, they were saying how fucked up that this is. Like one guy's like, I've only like he was like saying I strictly only watch like indies, but like the fact that Cesaro has not had at least the IC title five times by now really just blows his mind. It's just insane. Cesaro and Shinsuke are new champions. They had a pretty decent match. Kofi took. A pretty hard fall through two tables. So it was a tables match. The point of the match was to put your opponent through the table. They did that. And now Shinsuke and Cesaro are the tag team champions. One can only hope that now that they're champs, maybe um, Lucha House Party will have a shot at the titles. Um, It'll be a nice change. And you can have some fun with that. I think they could still bring back the Forgotten Sons without Jackson Riker and let them run shop. But it's totally up to them what they want to do. Their men's division for tag teams is abysmal. It is abysmal. And they need to do something about that. 
as well as do something about the women's division. But I'll get to that in a minute. Um, the SmackDown Women's Championship was the first women's title defended at Extreme Rules. It was Bailey versus Nikki Cross. And I have to say, from my perspective, Nikki Cross had one of the best matches I've seen her in in a very long time. She truly performed, and Bailey sold everything she was doing. She dominated majority of that match. And if you're looking at it from Kayfabe's side, if it hadn't been for Sasha, she would have won that match. Um, Which, that ending was so wonky. And that's going to be a repeated pattern that we're going to be talking about, about Extreme Rules. Like, she threw the she threw the brass knuckles in, or the little, you know, party city bullshit thing she wears into the ring. And then Bailey hit her in the ribs. I'm like, wouldn't that make more sense? Like, if you, like, TK'd Oder with it, like, just punched her right in the face with it instead of hitting her in the stomach? Because, to be honest, those rings don't look like they really fucking hurt that much. Well, I guess that one can make it look. Like she couldn't breathe or something. It was believable. Nikki sold it. I like this match, too. For the most part, the beginning of the show was great. <laughs> and then we get It was to when we get to MVP where it started getting stupid. Now, from my understanding, and shout out to Janae, because she always has the tea. Mm-hmm. From my understanding, Apollo is truly injured. <clears throat> and he was not cleared. They thought he would be cleared in time for Extreme Rules. He was not. He was reevaluated the day of the taping, and he was not cleared. So they went with this segment to have MVP come out there dressed in gear to fight. And as a forfeit, he was able to be champion and put the title around his waist and just walk out. You got pissed at that. I was angry. Number one, don't get me wrong. I'll make this clear because some people mistake it like I don't like MVP. I appreciate what MVP brings to the table. And I noticed that as soon as MVP gets there, all of a sudden, all the people of color that was in the back for like two months are now at the forefront in storylines. I think there's a connection. So you see what I'm saying? I don't hate MVP, but his character I truly dislike. Yeah. And I don't I don't like his character because his character is a dickwad. I'm not supposed to like his character. The mere fact that MVP can walk around with the title and Apollo haven't even been able to hold the new title yet is what pisses me off. Well, also this, that that whole segment, that whole time that they were pulling that bullshit, which I think it is, uh, I'm going to say something Nicole's been saying for a while that had about this. Um, they did that shit with Apollo, but they didn't do that shit with Andrade, even though he was going to be actually out for 30 days. Hmm. Now, if out Henry's, for the wellness policy. Oh, amen. Because he was injured. Amen. So she, she, I, she's right. I just want to know 
oh, that's right, because he's dating Charlotte. Oh, shit. I went there. No, it's just, like, it's the favoritism. And if you, if Apollo's injured, like, legit injured, that they should have, like, started to be like, they should have just said it. Like, look, he's not cleared. Unfortunately, he can't be U.S. champ anymore. They, you know, they could have done something with it. But they wasted all the storyline, and I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just felt like they didn't have to do it at Extreme Rules. I felt like that was a waste of a segment. They could have done that on the kickoff show. They could have put, you know, Kevin Owens and fucking Murphy, who were on the pre-show, they could have put them on the actual match card, gave Kevin an you know, gave Kevin a moment at, you know, Extreme Rules and same with Murphy. And they could have done that belt thing on the pre-show. But that was just a fucking waste of time. And it's just like, you're, I, I hate, it's like, it's one thing, like, when we get to the Sasha Oscar thing, that's one thing. But this motherfucker just comes out and claims to be the new champ, takes the belt and walks off. And nobody is, like, up in arms about it. I'm just like. Nobody said the word. I was like, what the fuck? Well, I think it was because people were more confused and didn't understand more than anything. It wasn't that ever people were okay with it. I think everyone was just, like, confused. And I feel like that was, like, the sentiment of the whole fucking pay-per-view. Like, people were just, like, confused. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there was a few times where when I'm watching it, I'm like, wait, what, what? the just happened. Yes. All in all, I'll say from from the time that we got from Murphy and Owens' match until Bailey and Cross's match, all of those matches were great. They were great matches, and I liked Extreme Rules up until then. Then we get to Rey Mysterio going up against Rollins. The match itself was not a bad match. It actually was decent. It was the end when the eye was getting ready to come out that <laughs> that took people out. So here's my thing. Y'all pre-recorded this. This was a taped pay-per-view. So you have the option to stop and continue to fix things. Right? Right. Okay. So why didn't you, number one, hire a proper prop team? Y'all got a whole WWE movie production thing where y'all have access to decent prop artists who can make shit that looks realistic. You are not... A, you're, you're, I don't understand exactly what you thought was going to happen when this happened. I felt like y'all was going to lead up to it and make it appear that way, but not necessarily show it. I would have been better off if there was nothing peeking through and we didn't get to see anything because people are petty. I mean, they zoomed in Mm -hmm. and show all of y'all business, y'all whole, that shit got, (laughs) they zoomed in to show everything so you did not get away with this and it's just like you have access 
to people. And if you don't, throw a fucking rock. Like, I seen people on Instagram make scarier prosthetics. I've seen YouTubers make better prosthetics for Halloween than what I saw in that eye for an eye match with Ray and Seth Rollins. I've seen cosplayers with like a $20 budget that can make stuff more realistic than that. There's no reason why that that was not done properly. I could understand it better if it was a live show. You didn't have the option to stop and, and continue. And you just had to go with what you know. I could understand that better. But because y'all had the ability to change this and fix things and make it look right. And on top of that, it was done on the network, which y'all don't have no rules. Y'all can do the fuck y'all want on the network. Mm-hmm. It's a streaming service. So you can make it as gruesome or as PG-13 as you want on the network. Y'all own the network. And it's on the internet. I've seen Z, like, Z-rated horror films with better, like, okay, because, so the thing with this match was, for the longest time, it was a rumor that it was going to be a cinematic match, which we're like, okay, cool. Because Nicole was saying she saw something where it was going to be, like, a cyber, like, a cybernetic eye or something like that. And I was like, okay, yeah. cool. Let them go crazy. If it's, like, a no, you know, it's basically a no-DQ match, they, yeah. could, they could have have started in the ring and they again pre-taped went in the back had a brawl they had enough room to do that they have enough shit there in the pc to do that because i don't want to hear shit because when orton and when orton and edge had their fight they were going all over the place like that was the tour of the fucking you know performance center with the hell in a cell cages in the in the meeting rooms you know like they could have they could have done that they could have made it cinematic but it was just like it was dumb and it's just like you see the press releases coming out and you're just like wow people really think this is real and all it is is you know there's like those bags of eyeballs you can buy at party city during halloween time or you can buy them on amazon just like the regular little fake eyeballs yeah <laughs> that's all it was like He's sitting here selling it, and I actually, I braved myself looking at the pictures. I'm like, that is a fake 99-cent fucking fake eyeball from Party Goddamn City. Like, are you really doing this right now? And it's like, you could have done so much more with this. You could have made that so more impactful. And all I got was a fake eyeball and Seth throwing up afterwards, which I'm like, motherfucker, you're the one who did it. Right, and he, fuck that, couldn't take it, just threw up. Like, I was like, damn. That's like if, like, Leatherface threw up after, like, you know, cutting somebody up with his fucking chainsaw. I'm like, you just, you're the one who did this. (laughs) (laughs) This is not how, no, what the fuck? It was just, Oh, and I feel bad for Ray. I'm like, is this how he goes out from the WWE? Because I know he's not under contract, but I'm like, how much longer can they keep this going? Well, just a side note, he is in negotiations with WWE about restructuring a new contract with them. And then you see him where he's taking the fucking eye patch off his mask and the contact that makes him look like his eyes all fucked up. Oh, shit. I was like, what the fuck? Is this? 
like at that point I'm like oh my god they think we're idiots like that was the point that hit me I'm like and then Seth fucking throwing up and then he looks like he runs out and then when he comes out on Raw he's like blaming everybody else for it I'm like he blamed all of us because we wanted him to be the Monday Night Messiah we don't need no sir uh, I'm getting really sick of this Messiah thing because, and I know it's like people are like, but Alexis, it's COVID, but they ain't doing shit with this with this character. And I said it to these two, but the only time like Seth is somewhat interesting is when he's in title contingency, and that's not good. When the only time you have any form of character or or meat added to your character is when you're in the title run. And no one wants to see Seth Rollins with a title for a while. That's what not- do you think? I mean, Nicole, what what, what do you think? I mean, because Alexis is saying the storyline they have going with him is kind of falling flat for her. And... Um, yeah, I think they need to pick someone else. You know who I think would be really good? Um, feud. And also to get him back in the fold since he's finally appeared from the fucking abyss after being off of TV for so long. Mustafa. Him being, yes, with Ali. Especially Mm -hmm. since, obviously, because he is, because Ali is literally a fucking saint. We don't deserve him. Literally. No no one in this world deserves Ali besides his wife and his children. Yeah. Literally. (laughs) No, I'm dead fucking serious. We do not deserve him at all. In this disgusting ass industry, we do not deserve him. So yeah. I think because Ali is such a literally a light, and yeah. what Seth is doing, I think it would be a good um, feud to put Ali over because because mm-hmm. uh, Seth's in that mode where he's like he's putting people over. Because I think once Becky hits a certain trimester, he's gonna be like, take me off of fucking TV. Yeah. The Miz basically worked up to when Maurice had the last kid, so I mean... I yeah. think what Nicole said is actually very smart. That, honestly, once she hits her third trimester, especially like once she hits towards the middle part, I can't see him wanting to be on TV. Yeah, because he love her to death. Oh. I can't see him. I can literally picture him going in this is my last fucking day. <laughs> the life is fucking see you when I come back and be gone. <laughs> I I have I agree with Nicole. I think I think that is not necessarily that the gimmick doesn't work because it it works. It is it's actually a good gimmick for him. And at first he didn't lean into it enough. But now that he's fully engulfed into it, it makes sense. You you understand it. I do believe that it's his opponents that are not making it worthwhile. You yes. can't put somebody like Alistair up against Seth Rollins. Alistair is literally the epitome of darkness. And it's not that he's a bad guy, but it's how he's presented. You see what I'm saying? When yeah. you got somebody like Ali, who is truly pure of heart, you can see that it, it radiates from him when he comes out. 
it makes more sense why he would go after somebody like Ali, or rather Ali and him would be pitted towards each other rather than have him going. And, and the storyline with Ray was not that bad. It actually was interesting. It was the finish of it that made it so... It was underwhelming. It was the underwhelming nature of it that made it so... Because everybody was looking forward to that match. I definitely was. It was not bad. That's the point. It wasn't a bad match. It just did not was just the right, right person. No. It, it just didn't... It didn't hit right. And I'm just like, man, like... It, but... I mean, I... Yeah, but I, I do think... I think they need to have, like, a good, decently long feud with him and Ali. They go back and forth for a little bit. Maybe um, Seth picks up the first win, and then they have a second bout at a pay-per-view, and he puts him over, and then Seth is gone off. If I was Bruce Pitchard, because you're mm-hmm. a fucking idiot and you're listening, that's what you should do. Yep. The writing is literally on the wall, Bruce. Like, and, and what the fuck are you doing? I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll be on Not Pritchard sure. all night if we stay. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's move well, it to I the next. If, if WWE was smart, that's what I would do. Put, put him and like have Ali move towards getting the U.S. belt. Yeah, if you're going to pull it off of Apollo, which I hate because he didn't even get a chance to run with it. No. But, you know, so, you know, give it to Ali and then when, and then, you know, at one point I wouldn't mind seeing Apollo versus Ali. I think they're going to have Apollo Crews join that, join that little group of, um, that um, MVP is going. But anyway, the Raw Women's Championship was defended next, and it's Asuka versus Sasha Banks. Now, God, here we go. This match, to me, was still the best match of the night. Okay? It was good, aside from Sasha's hair. <laughs> <laughs> they were going, you got, they were, we were all going so hard on Sasha's wig. And then, cause you would see it, you would see it when like her, like Oscar has her in a holder. Nicole's the one who pointed it out. She's like, Sasha was trying to fix it. Oscar was trying to fix Oscar's it. Oscar was trying to fix it. In <laughs> I went back and I rewatched Oscar it. Oscar was fixing her damn. <laughs> Trying to get her in the Oscar lock in her back to the camera, you can see her hand because Sasha's trying to fix it, and then you have Oscar's hand trying to fix it. I'm like, y'all need a friend like Oscar who's willing to like kick your ass but still willing to fix your hair. You're going in and out, Nicole. Can you hear me? Yeah, now. It was her wig was fucked up on SmackDown. It's like who is in charge of hair and makeup over there? They do their own. She brings her wigs for herself. Now, okay, w- wig 101. First of all, 
No wig should tear like that. Mm-mm. Okay? That tells me, one, it was poor construction. Okay? Two, it was overplus. That means that the lace was weak wherever it tore at, which to me it looked like it tore directly down the middle of her head. That means your lace was weak and it was overplugged. It should not have torn like that. Mm-mm. It shouldn't have torn like it's yeah, you're fighting, you're in the ring and it's 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 going down. I get it. Okay, and I get that things happen, but that lace, I've seen lace wigs be stepped on, be ripped off a girl's heads from fighting. And I ain't never seen a wig tear down the middle of a part like that. That part was overplucked, and whoever made it messed up. That was just some shoddy-ass craftsmanship, man. Like, I've seen, like, cheap-ass wigs from Party City that hold up better than that. Now, I wear wigs regularly. I have some human hair wigs, and my wigs ain't never did that. Synthetic and human hair alike, they ain't never did that. And that means that either the lace, the, the, the actual quality of the hair wasn't good, or the lace was overplugged, therefore it was very thin, and it tore at a moment. At the moment it got the opportunity, it split. It should not have done that. Mm-mm. And this girl is wrestling. You got your opponent trying to keep your damn hair on. <laughs> While y'all fighting, she pulling down your wig. That don't make no damn sense. Now, you're going to have to glue your shit down, Sasha, okay? You're going to have to get you some boho or get go to her hair imports or some shit and get you some good glue that don't have no damn, um, what's it called? That don't have nothing in it that'll break you out. Get some good-ass glue and glue your shit down so it can stop doing that because it should not do that. And you know what? Honestly, at this point, her hair, her hair is about that length, basically. Just wear your real hair. Wear fucking diet. Shotzi's hair looks healthy. Just wear your hair. And that's all. And and I didn't know this. That's all Shotzi's hair. Oh really? really? That's all her hair. And it looks Shotzi healthy. Has some I was she like, if, her, if she can have an extreme hair color. And her hair looks healthy. Dye your fucking hair at this point, Sasha. Take the wig off. Dye it. Put some clip-ins in it. Yeah. Actually, don't even. Um. Yeah. Add. Uh, no. Don't do clip-ins because clip-ins don't be working for y'all sometimes. Well, you know what? It might, cause she don't have to tape it in like Becca do. She gotta get the ones that that like that pop. You know, the kind that pop in your hair. The natural clip-ins they be showing sometimes. She don't have to get some of them. Those hang on to the root of your hair. She can wear them. They ain't going nowhere. Cause Ruby don't wear that. She wears, I think Ruby gets those micro um things that the metal ones that like clip in your hair on like your your hair. I don't think Ruby wears the right clip ins. But Monday, she had some good hair in there because none of her hair came out Monday. I was shocked. I loved your hair on Monday. But Sasha, sweetheart, if you're listening, if you are your hair, we've all seen your natural hair. It is absolutely gorgeous. Just wear your real hair. That's 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 all. Go that's talk it. to Shotzi. Go talk to some alternative girls. Go talk to some old punk rock girls who have been in the scene for way too long, who've dyed their hair every single shade in the fuck under the fucking sun. And, and don't talk to them. 
don't don't talk to Candace because she don't she don't know. Candace needs to talk to Shotzi. Right? And all it is, all it is, Sasha, if you're afraid of frying your hair, look, all you got to do is get some aloe vera gel, put it in your hair, leave it in there as long as you can, and then wash, rinse it out. And your hair's great. I dyed my hair blue a couple of years ago, and it still looked good till the time that I had to cover it up. No, no dryness, no nothing. Like, now, I don't know if Sasha's, you know, Sasha... Sasha Mix, so she she might have she might want to use like some mm-hmm. hair care products that are geared towards her hair type. So Mix Chicks is nice, Miss Jessie's is nice, um, Shea Butter uh, or Shea Moisture is nice. You can use um, Carol's Daughter. Girl, go like Naomi. Naomi got a big ass afro running around in the WWE. If you got naturally curly hair. I'd be rocking my damn natural hair. Shit, bitches would not be clocking me about my wig. Mm-mm. Okay? But you, she, you had to have a t-shirt headband one night. <laughs> and a towel the next night. And you were toweling your head. And yes. I was like, ooh, her wig is split. It's tore up. It was tore up. I feel bad for you. But it sure was funny. I ain't gonna lie, girl. <laughs> that was some funny shit. <laughs> Oh, girl, that gave me good material. Okay, that was funny. Um, <laughs> their match was my favorite match of the night, but <laughs> the end of the match is what really soured Extreme Rules for me. Now, Oscar got the drop on Sasha and was getting ready to miss her. Sasha ducked, and the ref took a full face of mist. He's down. Meanwhile, Sasha's in the, in her submission, tapping, and the fucking ref ain't can't see, so he can't he can't he can't count it. Mm-hmm. Bailey come in there, snatch the damn shirt off the referee. Sasha get the drop on um Oscar. Bailey take the ref off the ref shirt off, puts on the ref shirt. And counts Sasha as a champion. Now, all of us, because we watched it on the Zoom together, okay? All of us were sitting there like, what the fuck just happened? There was no, no announcement was said during the show. We all are just tripping. And y'all waited until like, what, what was it, like 12? To go on the WWE Network, 3 a.m. To post a video of Sasha and Bailey running from the back because she got a new wig on because the one she had on before was toe up. She went and got that extra one she had in the back, and they running trying to get out. And there, the the girl, the um, the commentary girl is trying to get the answer like, you can't count your unofficial, which is true. You were unofficial. You were not appointed as a referee. You can't count for that. And she pretty much hijacked the belt. Mm-hmm. So the sentiment was she was the unofficial five-time Raw Women's Champion. Meanwhile, all of us are sitting here just like, what, what the, what the fuck is going on? We, we. It, it canceled out the whole show. 
and y'all y'all fuck Drew over. I mean, everybody was so upset about what we saw with Sasha and Oscar that you didn't even care about Drew and Dolph's match. No. You didn't give a shit about that match. That match got spoiled. It was literally shit on. And I'm just like, poor Drew. Poor Drew. And then it's like, we'll talk about when we get to Raw, but it's just like, that was some bullshit and a half. And that's just, again, Bruce, why the fuck did you think that would work? Well, Vince approved it, so... Well, we all know where Vince's mental state is. <laughs> I mean, Nicole, what, 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 what you think? Um, I just don't want to harp on too much about it because I feel like everyone said everything about it. It was just terrible, the ending, and that was what also messed up a lot of the pay per view. A lot of the endings weren't good, like there'd mm-hmm. be good in ring action. But the endings would completely take people out and then just make people uninterested. And it was just, like, not good. So then you had Drew and Dolph's match. And Drew and Dolph's match was Drew couldn't be extreme, but Dolph could. And Dolph still lost. And then you get to the swamp fight. Mm-hmm. Now, I see a lot of people were very confused. They were like, well, who won the match? And... I don't understand. Okay, I'm I'm gonna say this about Bray, and y'all can agree with me, but this is what I think. Bray Wyatt is not a typical wrestler, so you cannot approach him the way you would approach somebody like say Seth Rollins or Bobby Lashley, because they're just straight up wrestling. They're not trying to take you out psychologically. Every match, everything that Bray Wyatt do, there's a point to it. There's a method to the madness. And if you're not approaching what you see from that standpoint, then you're not going to understand what you see. I don't think people are truly going to appreciate Bray Wyatt until the matches are in the past and they go back and rewatch it. Because that swamp match... Although I don't think it was Bray's best work, it was it was a pin in where he wants Braun Strowman to be. He's dismantling him from the inside out. And if you notice, he does every opponent that way. He uses their weaknesses against him. He did it with The Miz. His weakness is his family. He did it with John Cena. He has several. And he played out each weakness in his match. He did it with Braun. He knows Braun Strowman fears going back to that place. So he took him back to the place he never wanted to go. And he took him out there. And now he's going to go after the one thing he know he can get. Because he got him right where he wants him. I guarantee you at SummerSlam, it's going to be Braun Strowman versus The Fiend. And he's going to become a two-time WWE Universal Champion. That was the point. If you ask, if you have to have a winner, Bray Wyatt won the match. He was the last person seen. He won. He won. 
I just want to know why they were wrestling in a goddamn swamp in the middle of the night in fucking Florida. I just told you why. I just told you why. No, I, no, I get that. I get that, okay? But growing up in Florida, you do not go to fucking swamps in the middle of the night. <laughs> the whole time, like, they're in that water. I'm like, oh, my, I, you cannot pay me enough to go into swamp water at night. You couldn't pay me enough to go to swamp water during the day, but that's a whole other story. And then when the when the water turned red, I'm like, well, gators got him. Oh, well. Hmm. It was a nice run knowing you both. I just, I just, on a scale of the cinematic, like if we're, because I was looking at it from like the cinematic match point of view. Yes, Bray won, but entertainment value, though, this was not one of the best cinematic matches they've had. Only my Um, no, but you're you're comparing it to the Boneyard match with AJ Styles and I don't think you can compare them. I, I genuinely don't think they can be compared. I think if you put his this match up against the other cinematic matches Bray Wyatt has had, yeah, this is his weakest. But he also didn't have an opponent. The opponent he was going up against provided you with something that was that wasn't necessarily a strength in terms of how he approaches Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman's Greatest character trait is his strength. Yes. It's mm-hmm. his power. So there's not much to Strowman. So how else, how, how would you have done it to make it be comparable to what else he's done? John Cena has a bigger character. There's more to John. So there was more to work with. There wasn't much to work with with Strowman. So they did what they could. But at the same time, I still say, that match is not going to be appreciated because of what happened before it. And I'm, I stand by that. I think that that shit with Sasha and Bailey and Asuka, that really just soured the entire show after that. Everything after that just got like a, a, just a damper move. Yeah, like it took so, so many people out of it. Oh, that's gonna be fun! And it completely like it. It did. It ruined the pay. It ruined the pay per view. And it I don't did. think they realized how bad it was until they went online and they were like, "Oh shit!" I think that they should have put that at the end. And I know it would have seemed weird to do it, but it would have made more sense. It, well, it just would. Sorry, I, I just oh, that I was so, like I think the. Only matches that actually got, excuse me, um, that got clean wins was uh, uh, the tag titles for SmackDown yeah. and, and then Drew. And Kevin Owens got a clean win. All right, Kevin Owens. So out of that card, even though it was small, there was only three matches that had well, let's not even say clean. Let's just say had endings that made fucking sense. That what they yeah. didn't have people going, 
what the fuck? They didn't have people sitting here scratching the head because, like, I was, like, because they put that Sasha Oscar thing right before Drew. And yeah. then people are sitting oh, you know, Drew, no one cared about his match. I'm like, yeah, because we all got took out from, like, the match beforehand. Because we had just saw this same shit earlier with MVP with someone just getting declared a new champion when they're really not. So you have two people walking around that company right now, and I'm not saying in real life because we know whatever, but in storyline you have two people walking around on on shows that aren't even the official champions, and one of them's only there on Raw because she's the she's the tag champ. Mm-hmm. So please tell me, Bruce, and what fucked up universe does this make any goddamn sense? It don't make none, no sense. But at the same time, <sighs> if it wasn't Sasha, it'd be Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte got to make sure her tape died gets them fit. It's not funny. I know I make, I make jokes about that. Well, I think it's fucking sick that Charlotte had to literally come online and discuss about her Brush augmentations, but because people can't leave that shit alone when they're constantly harassing her about it. What do you mean she had to go online to talk about it? Oh my she god. She went. She had to go online she to talk about her own titties. Uh oh, we're losing it. Because people, um, hello? Yeah. Because people were harassing her about it. Mm-hmm. And like giving her shit and stuff. I'm not going to go into it because she was just like, whatever. And she was like, since so many people are interested, like, this is what happened. And this is what I have to deal with now. Why are y'all worried about her titties? Because it's a bunch of basement dwellers who have nothing else better to fucking do. Well, I'll, I'll say this and then we can move on. It's her titties. The girl, cause I remember her saying before that she had very small breasts. She always wanted to have boobs. So when she got the opportunity, she went and got them. I don't see nothing wrong with that. Let her live her best life because I know some of you hoes who ain't got no titties or got one titty that's bigger than the other, which we all do. Every one of y'all would go get titties if you had the money to get some. So leave that lady alone. Hey. They got nothing better to do. And honestly, if you're gonna come for Charlotte Flair on social media, you better be ready to like get your ass kicked because she she gives zero fucks, man. She don't care. Like she's just like, Yeah, I got she's like, Yeah, I got my tits done. Okay. So what? Everybody had their boobs done. Who cares? All right. Most of them also got their titties done. Oh, yes. Overall, Extreme Um, Rules. Yeah, but honestly, Extreme Rules is just terrible, and I don't want to talk anymore about it. It was a letdown, and we just... Y'all need to just do away with it. According to a poll that WWE.com did, or it was WWE or some other place, this was ranked as one of the worst shows in the last 10 years. That is a strong... (laughs) Okay. I'm going to let that ride. 
I don't even think people who voted was watching wrestling for the last 10 years, but okay. Um, moving on. Now, I know that Extreme Rules wasn't the greatest um, episode, and of course, a lot of people were very disappointed and upset. But I will say for the most part that the match quality of the show was great. And for once, all three of us did agree on that. Um, I really wish Extreme Rules was better, but I really hope that WWE does hear some of the things that our podcast and several other podcasts have been saying about this particular pay-per-view and they switch it out with something else that would actually be a little bit more plausible and make more sense given the fact that WWE is a PG-13 type of um, entertainment factor. So with all that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Down for the Count. We really tried to give our all when it came to this review, but it was very very daunting at times to actually review this particular pay-per-view and I really hope they do take Nicole's advice and change it to another one like Vengeance or something like that because it's just not worth watching anymore because it's not extreme so with all that being said I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Down for the Count we'll see you guys in our next one we will have a review of Slammiversary and that should be coming up right after this so I hope you guys enjoy and I'll see you guys in the next one <laughs>